And uh, today, verse 1 in Galatians chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Another translation says it like this, For freedom you have been set free. Therefore, lay aside the yoke that has entangled you, and walk in slavery no more. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. And as we take a quick overview of where we've been over the last few months, going through the P words, we come back to our dear friend, the black box. A lot of us know what this black box is about. Some of us don't. This black box has a bunch of different files and index cards that refer to our mind, our mindsets, the way we see the world, and the way it's been colored since the day we entered this world. And God is trying to transform the way we think, feel, and act, and rewrite the script that this world is written in our lives and in our minds and in our beliefs. Basically what we're saying is God is changing our values. We learned also that we don't grow in comfort zones. Our mindsets are established early in life and as disordered as they may be to other people, they make sense to us. But the Holy Spirit challenges that complacency when God gets a hold of us. And so the first P word we looked at was purpose. That we fit God's purpose for our life, not our own. God determines your value and significance. Nobody else, not even you, has the right or ability to do that correctly. So each moment is a moment God can do something great and miraculous in your life, even if nobody else notices the changes that God is doing. Once we learn purpose, we learn perspective. And that means you no longer live for yourself. Your perspective is you focus on God. You'll not be content in your Christian faith until you surrender all. Our P word priority came and it's simply stated it's what matters to you first. Priority is what you actually do. Not what you say is at the top of the list, but what your actions show. The position came after priority and it means when you live for Christ, He begins to position you to move in a place where a bold, inspired action can inspire others and it means you're fully invested regardless of the cost, situation, or the pain that could be involved in that. Then we talked about the presence. And the Holy Spirit serves for us as a continuous nudge that we're not alone and God is the One who is with us. He goes before us, behind us, with us, and on Calvary, we learned He goes instead of us. This is God's presence in our lives. Because of that presence, we now have some permanent things. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were made daily for sin. But they never took away the sin. Just covered it up. Jesus laid His life down to get rid of the sin problem once and for all. He didn't provide an Old Testament temporary solution. He provided us a brand new covenant, a New Testament permanent answer for sin. And because of that, we can be passionate. And our passion can rise. In Scripture, the Greek word passion means suffering. 
The movie, The Passion of the Christ, does not show someone who's happy, but very passionate in suffering. This Greek word also means that it entails a deeper level of commitment than just saying, I'm going to do it until I'm done with it. Godly passion is a gift. It's not self-generated, nor can it be. It comes from our relationship with the indwelling Holy Spirit. And we're willing to suffer, to joy, to do whatever, because the Holy Spirit has enabled us to go beyond our own interests. We also learned that there's a perimeter that we have established in our life around us. The value system that we had throughout life is all around us. But when we give our life to Christ, those values change. He asks us to be holy as He is holy. If you would like to be like Christ in all you do and realize you're not, then when Christ gets full control, you gradually become more Christ-like. And here's what's interesting. When Christ gets full control of you, the day you know it is it's you don't choose whether to love somebody or not. You just do it, regardless of what you think or consequences involved. That takes some work. We also learn that God holds us. And He holds us in that perimeter. And what some have called love, and what I have called love before the Holy Spirit came in, came from our own ability, my ability, my weakness, your strength, your efforts, that kind of humanistic love. But we have learned to love from the new center of who we are. That is, who we are in Christ. Which is an absolute. You are a child of God. That does not change. You love with God's love. His love does not change. 180 life, 180 degree life, if you will, is a life that is being transformed to be more and more reflective of God's love and will. And we learned that P is also for power, but not the kind of power we're used to. We want to think that it's our prayers which activates God's power by doing what we ask Him to do. But God is not motivated, by, motivated so much by what we ask, but by how we love. He's listening for a heart that loves Him. Maybe we seek answers rather than God, and He knows this. But power comes from the absolute that you belong to Jesus and knowing that. That you are a son or a daughter of God the Father and that you have access to anything. Not just certain prayer requests, but all of it. Because He loves you and you love Him. And that's what God wants to know. That power is unleashed when you have that relationship established. And then we looked last week at the prison mentality versus place. And our place relates to the positioning, which we mentioned a second ago, where God can put us in a place where a bold, inspired move happens on our life and through us that is great for God. We learn that that moment can happen at any time. Not one day, God, if you'll put me in this position, I'll inspire people. But God says you can do it right now where you are. We talked about the three hots and a cotton mindset last week in terms of that. That we think that our life is only going to be about what we can get and make us comfortable. But God says we have an inspired life 
that's lived in preparation for a move of God. That Christ has gone to prepare us to be a place for God. That 180 degree change is from us toward God and a self-worldview to a life of faith. That is where we went in our P words. Pretty neat. Nice journey. Two months in seven minutes. You'd think I could preach it quicker, don't you? But there was a whole lot more in there. And if you don't remember the journey, the app is available. They're all on it. Now, i got to tell you, though, this word limitless, this one almost sounds too good to be true. Almost. But for the fact that it's an absolute. And when we get through today and next Sunday talking about the absolute of limitless, you'll be saying that's too good to be true, but it's still true. I'm going to tell you a story, first of all. When I went to the GLA last weekend, I don't know if Ginger met him, but I met Jack. Did you meet Jack? Not sure. Well, Robert Baker is a pastor in our district. He introduced me to Jack. I immediately liked Jack. Very appealing character. And Robert told me before I met him that Jack likes to run a lot, so don't be surprised if he's uh, jogging or something. And I, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, no matter where he is, he, he just runs everywhere. And I said, so is he kind of hyper? And he said, well, it's just his nature. And I said, okay, I'm ready. Well, the first time I saw Jack, he was running. He didn't stop long enough for me to shake his hand, meet him, or say hello. He just took off. Robert, when, he, when Jack came over, said, hey, are you done? You want to meet my friend? And Jack just took off running again. And I, and I said, okay, guess he's going to run. And, and, and he kept running. And I'm thinking, man, I'm getting tired just watching him. Well, let me tell you who Jack is. Jack is a Britney Spaniel. <laughs> Jack is a Britney Spaniel. Their nature is to run. Circle after circle. 50 yards this way, 20 yards that way. Basically a big old oval out there in the middle of Ken Lake Lodge's front lawn. That's where he was running. And he didn't run away. He just ran that circle. Run, run, run. And I'm getting tired watching him. As a matter of fact, Britney Spaniel's nature is to run, but my nature is to get tired watching a Britney Spaniel run. He was, he was wearing me out watching him. But I loved watching him, how beautiful it looked and how... How much joy he got in that. But my nature, as I said, is to get tired watching anybody run. I just don't run real well. I used to be a sprinter. Now my sprint is from uh, the couch to the, to the refrigerator. <laughs> About as far as I go. Seems I'm getting beyond my running days. Um, but God has called each one of us to run a race of faith like a true runner. He's called you. He's called me to that. Now I'll tell you a story. A few months before I pastored here, I was seeking a word from God about what to do with my life. I wanted to know what He wanted from me and what He wanted for me. And I saw my life kind of like this, and maybe you feel like this. Like there's this big old rock. And it's kind of like if I was a Britney Spaniel, and there's a big old rock, and a chain around it, and the other chain around the neck. And so, well, on the collar on the neck, if you know what I mean. 
And uh, you go so far, and you run, and it's going to tighten the chain, and you're going to pull back. Ever done that or seen that happen? Well, imagine if Jack, the Britney Spaniel, had that rock with a chain or a rope on it, and he's running, he hits the end of that, and he doesn't know it's the end of it, he's going to get jerked back so violently, it's going to cause him to fall down, right? Well, that's kind of how I saw my walk with God, that I had this rock, something tied on to me under the collar, and I'd, get, I'd start running the race, and something would jerk me back, and I'd fall. And I'd say, well, I must not be doing the right thing but running. I must not be a runner. Now imagine if Jack the Britney Spaniel thought that. That would be kind of sad because he would no longer be a Britney Spaniel at heart. And I was asking God why that was going on. And I began to think, well, maybe I'm just supposed to stay close to the rock. Not venture out. Not risk. Not do anything. Never explore what God might have out there. You ever had that thought? wonder what God has out there for me to do. And never right here. Well, that rock was my fear, my anxious heart, and the lack of belief that I developed in myself that I could make a difference if I could ever escape that rock. So it all became now, for me, about the rock. Not about running, not about what I could do for God, but oh, if one day that rock would just go away and that chain could be broken, then I could do all this stuff for God. But this rock... How many people do you know walk around and talk like that? I could do stuff, but this rock, they make excuse for everything, so they can't even do anything, yet they got a whole bunch of places they can go that the rock's still holding them back. Well, that was me. So during the service one Sunday, I was praying. It wasn't here. It's before I even knew here was here. And I saw a vision again of that rock and me being chained up to that thing. And I heard the words from God saying, You are free. In my mind's eye, I saw the chain break, and I began to run. started running slowly, not sure if I could or not. Gradually picked up speed, and I finally got to the place where the chain used to yank me backwards, and while it was still attached. And I got to that spot, I felt a familiar tug, but not as strong, so I kept going. And I looked back to see why there wasn't as strong a tug, but there was still a tug. And I looked and I saw the chain fully stretched out, not attached to the rock, but there was other stuff that it was snagging on. It had caught on some stuff and I gave the chain a pull in my vision and it came unsnagged. I started to run again. Past that old stopping point and wouldn't you know, something else snagged it. Well, isn't it true that chain, if you drag it, it's going to catch on stuff on the ground? There's always stuff it's going to catch on. Plus, the chain's kind of heavy. So it's not going to let you grow very fast or run very fast if it's hooked on to you. So I started running again in my vision, and the chain grew tight again. And because I knew what would happen if that chain grew tight, I stopped before it could yank my neck. And I looked to see what happened, thinking maybe... God really didn't want me to run after all. But it wasn't God. It was another snag. So now, the problem wasn't the rock. The problem was the chain. They kept snagging on stuff. And the stuff that it was snagging on was all the stuff in my black box. 
Well, I can't do that. You know, fear, anxiety. I won't be successful. God can't use me. All those things. This vision kept happening over and over again. And I, and I finally stopped. And I said, God, it's not working. You said I'm free, but I keep getting snagged and stopped. And, uh, and so here's what I pray. Get this. God, help this chain to stop getting snagged on rocks and shrubs. Interesting prayer, right? And God said, no. Not going to stop that chain from getting snagged on those rocks and shrubs. Some of that stuff isn't even yours and it's out of your control, but I'm still not going to stop it from being snagged. And I said, you just don't care. And he said, no. I didn't just unchain you to keep getting stuck on past junk in your life and the way you think and feel. I came to set you free. This isn't free. You're still being held back by a chain. No longer fastened to anything. And I said, I know you've broken it free from the rock and I thank you. I feel more freedom, but I don't see freedom really like that. I keep getting stuck on my fear. Things. In that moment, I felt a hand move near my neck. Suddenly the collar and chain fell off. And I heard God say, you're not just unchained with your chains off the rock. They needed to come off your neck too. You're not a slave. I've set you free. Not to be entangled by a yoke of bondage again. Both ends needed broken away from where they were fastened, from the rock and from me. And he said, you could have unhooked the one on your neck a long time ago because it was not locked. But you didn't know that. And the key came when my son died for you. Today, not only are you unchained, but today I pronounce you unleashed. Unleashed. You see, God wants to unchain this church from the bondage of past garbage. It can't hold it down, but it thinks it can. He wants us to reach around the neck where the perceived limitations are, are holding it, and undo the clasp. He wants us to drop the chains that we've carried of unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, fear, lies, deceit, mistrust, and cheap grace. He wants us to walk away from the... the false living and turn to a 180 degree life that God has said we are able and eligible and called to live with power, with passion, with all those things we've been talking about and so much more. He wants us to learn to run without fear of something stopping us anymore. Without something weighing us down. In Hebrews chapter 12, we read the following in verses 1 and 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, 
the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's saying to start running looking forward, not at what's holding you back. You're unleashed. We're free. No sin that has easily beset us is allowed to keep running our lives. We're free from that because of the blood of Christ. God has unleashed this church. Let us run together the race that's set before us. The L words are going to talk about how to start running. To get the chain off and start running to be limitless. We're going to see how we've been given the ability to run and have chose not to run. Today, we start running the race again. We are free. The promise of God says in Galatians, we are free. We do not have to be entangled anymore. If you read further in Galatians, it says some people keep going back to the stuff that entangled them. Rules, laws, regulations, expectations. Once our limits have been removed, we're going to see that our life is wide open. We're going to learn a language called love and life. Those are two of the L words coming up. We as a church are going forward bravely into that dark good night. This is a call of God on our lives to be unchained and then unleashed. It says in Scripture, Christ broke the bonds of chains of sin and darkness. And I've done something for you today in your bulletin in the sermon notes section at the bottom. Something you may have looked at not known why it was there. It's for this moment. It says... I will not let blank, the blank is your blank to fill. I will not let blank hold me back any longer or take over my thinking. I surrender to God's plan for my life and I live it out one day at a time. Whatever it is that you think is holding you back from doing what God asks you to do or the fear or the questions that you have, put it in that blank. If you need more space, use it. I'm not asking you to put it in a basket. I'm not asking you to do anything but to put it in here and take it home and keep reminding yourself that's you're done with that. When we have communion today, I'm going to ask you to embrace that God set you free from that. That you are walking out of here brand new without that. You don't need it. You never did. God has embraced us with an everlasting love. You are accepted in Him. Nothing present, past, future, nothing you've done or not done can stop God from loving you. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God found in Jesus Christ. It is that love in Romans chapter 8 that has spoken, that has come about after He says, you're more than conquerors through Him who loves you. He just wanted you to know that that love won't stop And your ability to be more than a conqueror won't stop either. This, I promise you, is the most wonderful experience in faith to know you're not held back. 
The only way God ever holds you back is when He hugs you in His arms. You're safe with God. He's not going to let you run this race and let you fail. He's going to let you struggle, stumble, and realize it's His way or doesn't work. But He's not going to let you fail. Because He is your goal. Hear this carefully. The race you run is toward Jesus Christ. Looking to Him. Nobody else has to see this. Nobody else has to know why you're running this race. But God has promised that you, when you look to Jesus, the author and finisher of this race, you can lay down every weight, the snares, and the sin, the rock, that so easily has beset you. Those old rocks won't do you any good anyway. Jesus Christ is the solid rock. And He will endure with you through this and show you how to live this life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Your indwelling Holy Spirit has broken has broken off the things in our lives that we think are still there. The blood of Christ has already done away with the sin that has easily beset us, sometimes too easily. And every weight, Heavenly Father, that this world says is there, You say You've removed it. We can lay it down. Your Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 that we have to lay those weights down. That the sin is taken care of, but we have to lay those down now. And so, Heavenly Father, I've asked each one of us to write something in the blank that we want to lay down, holding us back, that takes over our thinking, that tried to control us, that kept us from being faithful, that kept us from being loving, forgiving, and gentle. Heavenly Father, today, here and now, I ask You to hear the cries of our hearts as we say, God, unleash us all and let us run boldly. Thank You for that. Amen.